This is but one of a thousand true crimes. Welcome back, everyone, to A Thousand True Crimes. I am here with my lovely co-host, and see, mm, the stand is not, like, I can already tell the stand is not going to work. <laughs> She's here with me, everybody. It's Joe, as okay. always. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Joe. Sorry. <laughs> I finally got We just. Yeah, go a ahead. microphone and it has a stand and I'm trying to work the stand and I keep hitting the stand so it just keeps like falling and I'm like I don't think this is gonna you'll get work. used to it after a while having it there you'll get used to it well I like made the stand a little bit wider so I think it has more of a base now whereas like before okay, okay. we didn't have as much but anyways not not important <laughs> um so yeah Hi, everyone. how are you doing hi how's it going how's your week <laughs> happy Friday Eve I know. God, I'm ready for Friday. This week has been, I've been on my period, so like, you know, super emotional week, but um, hopefully that's coming to an end, so should be done with all that garbage. Okay. Well, you could have the opposite, where you would have the rest of your life with the child, so. Oh, God, no. Yeah, no, we're going to, we're going to celebrate, we're going to celebrate her every month. Take your, take your pick. Well, that's good. What are you drinking? I just have what's I have the leftover. What was the brand of the box that we got? It wasn't Boda Box. Girl, I don't remember. It was whatever was leftover. Yeah, it's a Cab Sav. It's whatever was leftover from when Chelsea was here. We both got a box of wine, so I hadn't quite finished mm-hmm. it yet. I just finished mine like like a day ago. I was surprised it took Those that us. long. I know. Yeah. I was like, hmm, us. we're turning into responsible adults now. Look at us. Look at us. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know about all that. No. But I do have some exciting news. Mm-hmm. I have three kittens with open eyes. That's very exciting. Which ones are they? The ones that we named. Don't do one, two, and three. Yeah, I know. Because in my head, they're just one, two, three, four, and five. So it's. I, apparently, I learned. So uh, Chelsea's sister owns a pet shelter, or a pet a day, daycare and board. It's a, it's a daycare and kennel, up yeah, in uh, yeah, yeah, in Kansas City. So, um, and so we called her because on day two, like one of the babies wasn't gaining as much weight, and so I, and she's had lots of experience with kittens and stuff. Yeah, so, she's fostered um, she like five me- sets of kittens. Yeah, she's gave me some pro tips and told me about some stuff. So, um, but she also told me that it's bad luck not to name them. So we gave them temporary names until their families give them permanent names, which two of them have their permanent names. So, um, Blaze, which is the ginger, ginger tabby. Okay. Okay. His eyes are open. Okay. Um, Hera, number one. Okay. Her eyes are open. And um, Eros, the first oh, of the okay. twins. Yeah, his okay. eyes are open. There we go. That's super exciting. Yeah, it's super. I'm fun. happy. <laughs> All right. Well, get the, a quick note on the Gabby case. Dog the bounty hunter. Is I know. Has any at this point? I just I think saw something that... about Florida. I think um Gabby's family is actually going to Florida to help because I think there's reports now. I feel like No, I did you not hear? Recently no. he there's allegations that he was spotted in North Carolina. Yeah, no, I just saw this like this afternoon about Florida. Yeah. Because yeah, apparently they have friends here, but like three different people who were in parks and in areas like near cuz what they're speculating is that he's taking the app trail up. And so, like, three different hikers passed somebody who matched his description in North Carolina. So there's, like, legitimate, like, like at the post office, because I had to get stamps to yeah. mail out our stuff. There's um, actual pictures of him being, like, keep your eye out for him. Yeah, but I feel like, yeah, Tampa. Let me see something real quick. I feel like I just saw... Oh, no. So Brian's father is actually searching 
Oh yeah, Carl- I don't know. At yep, at Carlton Reserve, wherever that is in in Florida. I mean, I'm in Florida, a Florida website. I don't know. I think that's his parents' attempt to try and recover. Yeah, Florida. So it looks like he made his way down to Florida. Well, I mean, if you're like campsites everywhere saying keep an eye out for this guy, I would be booking it the fuck out of that state too. But like also, I don't, I mean, we've already established that we think his parents have helped aid and abet him. Mm-hmm. And I I just think that his dad is saying that he's helping to try and like yeah. recover. That is your belief. Yeah. What the heck? Okay. Well, that's what's going on with Gabby. We'll keep y'all informed as it's progressing. And I know that, we like, develop we released yeah. a lot of um, details because it's obviously yeah. an open case. Yeah. So, well, are you ready to jump into what we're doing today? Yeah. Who are we talking about today? So this is about the serial killer Joshua Wade. Have you heard of him? Joshua Wade. And put in Alaska because you're going to get a professional like sports person. Oh, yep. Got him. Got Mm -hmm. it. Got it. Got it. So this guy, I know his face. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I got a lot of my information from a show on Discovery Plus on the ID channel called Cold-Blooded Alaska. I think okay. it's like episode two. But it's about, it's yeah, it's about him, and but it's also about a lot of the victims. And we're going to also talk about how um, there's a couple like little facts that were thrown in there about Anchorage as well as like indigenous women. Yep. Good. Mm-hmm. Listen. So I know we're all talking about Gabby, but there's so many indigenous women missing. Oh, so many women of color. So many women of color. Yeah. That don't get the media attention and for numerous reasons and not saying that Gabby doesn't deserve the media attention because they all do. Yeah, they all do. Um, Yep. But yeah. Yep. All right. So we're just going to. Here we go. I don't know much about like his story. I just like recognize his name and his face. Okay. So, so real side note, real quick, Anchorage is one of the most violent cities for women and for women going missing. Yeah. So in the episode, we initially meet uh, a detective named Pam Perinoud. I'm going to call her Detective Pam. Okay. And she was a detective in the homicide unit in Anchorage. And pretty much it goes into the case of Mindy Solsh who vanishes from her home at the age of 52. And essentially, Detective Pam, like, this is a case that she really can't detach from. So. Oh. We first She has Mindy's- babies. Who? Mindy. No. Isn't this her? No. That's another oh. woman that we'll get into. I was like, oh, she Jesus no, Christ. no. I was like, oh, who Jesus are you talking Christ. about? Yeah. She's somebody okay. else we're going to get into. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. So, Mindy. Okay. Stop Googling and listen. I just look at their faces. I need pictures. Okay. Okay. Well, Mindy's friend, Kathy Hodge, tells us that Mindy worked in Fairbanks as a nurse in psychiatric medicine, and she would fly back home to Anchorage on the weekends. Okay. Mindy moved to Alaska uh, because she was a very spiritual person and her parents had passed, but she wasn't close to her brother, which like to me, Alaska is like the last place in the world. So too cold. Too much snow. Too cold. I wouldn't mind seeing it. I hear it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. You go on vacation. You don't live there. Yeah. I could never live there. I could never live there. We're warm blooded people. We can't. I couldn't live in a place where if it's snow my birthday's in late june so if there's snow on the ground still or it's like not shorts weather i can't live there no 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 further north in the hemisphere than where we are now this even is though about as real, far north 
I am getting real pissed that North Carolina keeps having 80 degree weather. Like that shit needs to I know. Stop. It's so funny. We were talking about clothes for baby B and she was like, yeah, but it doesn't get that cold. It gets to like 40 degrees, 30 degrees. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that we were asking those kind of questions because to me, that's fucking cold. <laughs> I mean, it's cold, but it's not like five. It's not like Boston or New Jersey or where New my Han- dad will text me and he'll be like, we got three feet of snow today. And I'm like, no, yeah. fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I no. know that. I, I went to school around that area. I know about that life and I am not we about go, it. We go visit and then we leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So on August 6, 2007, Mindy doesn't show up for work and she doesn't call in. And this is an, an immediate red flag to Kathy. And because it isn't like Mindy to just not show up or not even give a call. Okay. Now, Kathy's a real like... I want her on my side if I ever go missing. Kathy calls Mindy multiple times, and she is the one that actually reports Mindy missing to the Anchorage police. Yeah. And Kathy is worried that Mindy went blueberry picking and had fallen and gotten hurt and couldn't get help, you know, to each its own with the blueberry picking. I just go to my grocery store. Okay. Um, and so Kathy also asked the police to do a welfare check. So a couple of police officers go to Mindy's house and notice nothing unusual. They check the door. It was locked. No one answered. And at this point, like, no one can find Mindy. And Kathy is like, fuck this. I'm going down to Anchorage, and I'm going to go find her. Okay. Listen. She literally told her supervisor, was like, I'm leaving work, and I'm flying down to Anchorage today. Okay. So she was not playing. She was not playing. So, As they would say in Obsessed with Disappeared, she is a down bitch. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Detective Pam gets a search warrant for Mindy's house on August 7th, which is like really damn quick. When does she? Oh, that's the next day. It's like two days later. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, She's like, Alaska. Okay, bye. All right. Well. And she gets you know. a search warrant. Well, she gets a search warrant and because there's like a lot of like no one can find her and this and that. And but again, she is like Mindy is a white female. So there's other oh. cases where like, you know, if oh, she was, na- you know, indigenous. Got you. Got you. OK. okay. But anyways, one of Mindy's closest friends actually had a set of keys to the house and actually went with the police and pointed out all the things that seemed off in the house because when the police did a like a sweep of the house nothing really seemed out of they didn't know they didn't know what to look for yeah they didn't know what to look for and nothing seemed like out of place like there was no no struggle no glass broken no blood so like they're kind of like i don't know like maybe she just said i'm tired of being cold and left yeah who knows adults are allowed to do that yep so her one of her good friends points out that when Mindy goes to Fairbanks for work, she leaves her car in the garage and takes a cab to the airport while her car is missing. Mm, mm-hmm. Her friend also points out that when Mindy leaves work, she doesn't make her bed. And the bed had been perfectly made. Okay. And there's wine bottles and glasses out, which was very which was odd for Mindy as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now the detectives are looking into everyone close to Mindy, and one person they look into is Bob Conway. Bob and Mindy dated on and off, but always remained close, and she even left her estate to him in his will. Which is like not safe. Bob Um, Conway. So he becomes a suspect pretty quickly in the investigation. But he had been out of town for work, so when he got back to Anchorage, Detective Pam questions him, and he is able to provide documentation of working of him working about an hour away by plane from Anchorage. And pretty much he's dismissed as a suspect. He didn't have Is he a trucker? He worked in the road industry. Like we're he road might have service, been... but I don't know if he was a trucker. Okay. That makes sense why this picture is coming up. Okay. Okay. He's a good guy. Yeah. They remain close. They're good friends. Like, now, He's a good person. Yeah. Yeah. Since her car is missing, patrol and the license, patrol has a license plate 
number and description and they put out a bolo okay okay so just like hold on to that little nugget of information and on august 8th 2007 they start to look into her bank information and the bank does confirm that very close to where mindy lived two large cash cash withdrawals had taken place and it's suspicious timing because it happened at like 2 3 4 a.m okay so early morning so at this point do we know sorry do we know how much was withdrawn i saw like a thousand was like a number so yeah so it's not like she was like up getting like at the gas station grabbing like no. I don't know, some beers because she was depressed or some snacks because she was high or something no. like that. No, like, and it's an ATM. It's an ATM. Okay. Like an okay. actual ATM at a bank. It's not yeah. like she went to the grocery store and like took money out. It's an actual yeah. ATM. Okay. Because this is okay. 2007. So like people actually still went to the ATM. Okay. All right. Um. So at this point, Anchorage Police Department, which is going to be APD from now on. Mm-hmm. Okay reached out to the FBI for help in this case and to obtain the photos for the ATM. And little fun fact, um, a- APD and the FBI, like they work mm-hmm. very closely with each other a lot of the times. Because it's such like a big ha- fucking state. Because it's so vast. And like you feel, they even say it like in Alaska, you feel very safe because there's a lot of space between but it can mm-hmm. it's actually like a pretty dangerous place because there's a lot of space between. I've you heard can rumors hide a of lot this. More. Yeah, yeah, you I've can heard hide a lot more shit. In documentaries and stuff when they talk about like Alaska and people, you know, it's always like true crime stuff. I mean, not always, but like I've heard that it's really just not a safe place for women because Mm-mm. it's easy to discard evidence. Well, think about it. If you go missing like okay, let's say you go missing in December and somebody like Dumps her body in the middle of the woods. First you could get snowed on and disappear until June. That and yeah. now you're <laughs> decomposed. And then second off, how many fucking wild animals are out there? Yeah. You got oh, bears. that's Whoops. Where the big bears are. Yeah. That's where the big bears are. That's why I don't go. Not to mention like just finding that location because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you are a local to whatever area you are and then, you know, you're going to know places that you can get to that like if someone who comes in who isn't a local is not going to know about. And then on top of that, how many cops are there per square mile? Like you compare that to like Durham, North Carolina, where we have like, yeah, I don't know, I don't probably know. like six cops per square. I don't know. I have no idea. This is just me making up numbers. But like, you know. Five cops per square mile, but in Alaska, it might be like 0.2 cops per square mile because it's so fucking huge. And this is a very big side note. And I don't remember what podcast it was on and what case it was about, but somebody did a case about missing people in Alaska, and it was about indigenous people would be coming out of the bar, and they would be drunk, and it was mostly men. But I'm sure this has happened to women. Um, and the cops would pick them up and be like, oh, I forgot. God, oh, you might have to take this out. You decide. But I forgot. There's like a term for it, too. And so anyways, the cops would drive them out to the middle of fucking nowhere and make them walk back to town. And a lot of them would freeze to death. What the fuck is that? What the fuck? Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, we've heard the indigenous people have told us time and time again that they get fucked over by the cops also. So, like, that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't. Surprise oh, yeah, there's me. a lot. So, OK. So Alaska Anyways, is a basically a big, scary place. <laughs> yeah. And people in Alaska are like, no, we're not. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> have you seen a moose? Have you seen a moose? Oh, right. <laughs> mm, I'm a little nervous about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... So anyways, so now the Anchorage Police Department is working with the FBI. Okay. And they actually receive photos of a male taking out money. And it's 100% not Mindy. And at this point, they decide with her card. They get photos. And they're clear photos. They're like legit photos. And at this time, they're like, yeah, this isn't just her being like, it's fucking cold. I'm out. This is a homicide case. Okay. All right. 
So the male that took out the money was a young male in his 20s. And the first time he withdrew the money, he had a baseball cap on and a bandana pulled up to his eye. When he gets to the ATM, he pulls down his bandana so you can see his chin and his hand. And it's pretty much the only clear picture they got of him. So they don't have a lot to go on. Okay. Okay. Now, the detectives are speaking to close friends of Mindy, and they actually come down to the police department to see if they could possibly recognize the male in the picture. And when her friends see the picture, they are horrified. They break down crying because they have no they idea. They know who it is? Who this person is. Oh, they no, don't they know don't. who it is. Which is sometimes, like, that's scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, what are you doing? <laughs> okay. I thought she had a toy or something. I was about to get real pissed. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, no, that's terrifying. Like some random stranger has your friend's card mm-hmm. that you don't know. Yeah. And she's like and she's, she's like in her fifties. So like she yeah. she has a network. Like she has yeah. her people. Yeah. Yeah. And she's not just like going out like she's responsible. She has a full time job. Yeah. Like it's not like her. So like you know it's not good news. Like at that yeah. point you can just like say, It's not good news. So we're now about three days after Mindy disappears. So they've gotten a lot of information in three days. Yeah, I mean, three days. That's not bad. No. And FBI agent Jolene Godin was contacted by the APD for her help on the behavior, like for her help on the behavioral analysis of who could have possibly taken Mindy. Okay. So Got yeah, it. they're like the FBI. They essentially they're contacting the FBI, being like, "We need someone to come down here and look at the behavioral analysis of what's going on, and like, essentially profiling." Got it. Yep. Okay. And now another fact: Anchorage has the highest rating for sexual assault and domestic assault in Alaska. So Anchorage that, is like that. I did know, and that's and that's our capital, which would make sense because it's probably the most dense population. Yeah, yeah. In Alaska, that I had heard. Yeah. So as the detectives and FBI are looking into Mindy's life, they find out that she was having some work done on her house, and she was having issues with the contractor. Okay. And the contractor even had a son around the same age as the person on the ATM video. But guess what? What? They get alibi? ruled out. Yeah. Alibi. Solid alibi. Like, it wasn't them. Okay. So APD is looking at all the neighbors and the neighborhood surrounding. And the neighborhood that Mindy lived in was a relatively quiet neighborhood. But as the detectives are canvassing, canvassing all the houses, neighbors kept pointing to the house directly next door to the left of Mindy's home. Okay. And this house was a party house. And people had like people were coming and going at all times of the night and detectives had had to go to the house multiple times to get anyone to answer the door. And when they finally mm. got someone to the door, they were very evasive about who actually lived in the house. Mm-hmm. And they were finally able to identify that one of the homeowners was Josh Joshua Wade. Okay. This is your drink break. All right, everyone. I haven't even finished my first glass. I know, but, you know, people need need water. People need some water. Bathroom break, I mean. And we got to do ads. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Is this where shit's about to get real? Yeah, you're about to get real pissed. Um, Oh, Jesus Christ. So we're going to talk a little bit about Joshua Wade. So Joshua isn't the best. He grew up in Alaska and his parents were divorced and he had a pretty rough childhood and he would get into trouble throughout his life for all kinds of reasons. And I didn't see too much about his early childhood, Like his home but life. like he's known like when they found out. Yeah. When they like when the detectives found out it was Joshua living there, they were like, oh, like, this mm. is not. Mm. Mm. So, okay. <clears throat> we meet retired detective sergeant, and he is from Poland. So there's a lot of... um. Best vows. of luck to you. In this? <laughs> Best of luck. They call him... And they call him Sal. 
Um, and that's what we will be calling him. You know what? That's what I'm going to do. Sergeant Sal. Because, like, mm-hmm. I I can't. I'm looking at the name, and I'm like, it's like, <laughs> Tell Slamir? me. Sl- Spell it. Slamir. S-L-A-W-O-M-I-R. And then the last name is Mark Markowicz. M-A-R-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Here's my best. What does Google say? How to pronounce. It doesn't even have anything. It doesn't even have anything. I'm going to guess Slaumir Markowitz. I can guarantee that's not how you say it. Because no. Because when I saw like this, when he pronounced it, according to the spelling, I was like, that's not what it says. (laughs) So we are going to call him. Him Sal. So, okay, Sergeant Sal, about seven years ago on September 2nd, 2000, at 3.16 a.m., a call comes in about an abandoned shack that was across from a TV station. And this is where people, they go there to drink. Some people go there to sleep if they're homeless. And essentially a call comes in about when you enter to the shack, there was a woman's body. So when the police get there, they find the woman's body. Her pants had been pulled down to her ankles. Her bra was pulled all the way up. And the police believe she may have been a victim of sexual assault. Oh, fuck. May have. Yeah, come on. I'm going to go ahead and guess. Yeah, she had been. Even if literally nothing Um, happened to her, like, areas, the fact that she was, like, left like that, I don't know. In my opinion, that's assault. Like, that's Yeah, that's not it. Yeah. Uh, well, mm-hmm. so she was covered in blood that was coming from injuries inflicted oh, on her no. head. And one of the officers on the scene that touched her head said her skull was so soft that it was like touching a bag of melting ice. Chelsea. So they, they are able to, they are able to identify the victim and her name was Della Brown, who was 33 years old. This isn't even the same woman. Mm-mm. I said serial killer in the beginning. Jesus Christ. Okay. So that's when you were like, oh, she has kids. I was like, no, that's somebody else. That's going to come into. She has kids. <laughs> Damn. Mm-hmm. So in the episode, we meet Amber Webb, who is part Yuppik and part of the korean tribe and i do apologize if i mispronounced anything we are going off of google translate and i do apologize if that is not correct we are ignorant white people Mm -hmm. so she is an artist and she actually works on bringing awareness and addressing the issue of violence against native women no she doesn't (laughs) oh no, no 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 she's alive she's good she's just in the show Oh, 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 I just, oh, I you're just right. wanted to you, bring. This was, this was not Della Brown. No, no, This no. was. I just wanted to bring awareness to her because she is in the show and she does talk about how like she works with communities and bringing awareness. She knows and making about sure people this shit. Know. And she does let us know that native, and she does say native, that what? native women and girls are 10 times higher than the national average to be killed. And she even said, I believe it was her that said, if you look at the statistics, no, 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 no. It was, I believe it was, it was either Amber or Della's sister. But one of them said, if you look at the statistics, it's a wonder that they are still here. Like that these women are here to this day. That women are still here to this day. Damn. That they haven't been completely like eradicated. Jesus fucking Christ. We need to know if eradicated populations. I don't know if eradicated oh is the right word. But well, like, that, to what me, is that's what else what do is. these mur- I was gonna say, what else do these murderers do? They're eradicating populations. Mm-hmm. They're eradicating mm-hmm. vulnerable populations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Okay. So I just wanted to put that in there. That like we have a lot of fucking work to do. So yeah, we, do. we meet Della's half sister. Canock felt. Okay. 
And Della was full-blooded inputat. I-N-U-P-I-A-T. Inputat. Do you want me to Google it? Again, if I mispronounced that, I apologize. The detectives were actually able to find semen inside Della's body. And and after talking to her family, the the detectives find out that she was living with her boyfriend 11 blocks from where she was found. Now, you have to remember this is 2000. So DNA Mm -hmm. is still not like where it is today. Yeah, yeah. It was new. It was still relatively new. And after speaking to her boyfriend, they find out that the last time he saw her was August 30th. And then three days later, she would be found dead. Okay. According to her boyfriend, Della would sometimes drink a little too much and would ask for money to go drinking. And she would sometimes be with friends for days at a time drinking or on the streets. And so that's why he didn't really report her missing because there was like that pattern. And, and this he is verified? Actually, yes, this is he's okay. good. He did not okay. he did not kill okay. her. Got it. He refused to give her money that night. Um on August 30th. Mm. And mm. so she got mad and left. And they were able to clear him with an alibi. So I have a question. The ap- mm-hmm. So Mindy was found September 3rd, or no, was reported missing September 3rd, mm-hmm. or August 3rd, or no, 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 she August was, 6th. No, no, no. She was reported missing August 6th, 2007. And then Della is found September 3rd. Okay, wait, sorry. Mindy was reported missing August 6th, 2007. Della 2007. was found murdered. Uh, September 3rd, September 2nd, 2000. 2000. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the APD offers an award for information in regards to Della's murder. And on September 6th, a witness actually comes forward and says they know what happened to Della Brown. Okay. So on September 13th, two young men... Yeah, two young men come into the station to give a statement. And they didn't say, like, names or anything. And to be honest, I was, again, had a crazy week at work. So this was a very, like, quick Google search if anything interesting popped up, which does at the end. Um, But, like, the show doesn't give names. Okay. Of who it was, who came in. It's just fine. It's fine. So they do say that on the night of September 1st, so remember, she went missing August 30th. She's found, so on the night of September 1st, they were at a friend's auto repair shop, and this guy named Joshua come, comes in bragging about killing a woman. And he's oh, covered with blood, and he said he used a rock to crush what her skull. What the fuck? And he said that he found Della passed out on the streets near the shed and brought her into the shed, raped her, and then killed her. What he the fuck? He even showed the two guys her body in the shed oh my god Charles so the detectives the police they find out where Joshua lives pretty quickly he lives in a trailer park and he drives a white Cadillac with a red roof and they're very very quickly and easily able to spot which trailer he's in and they find out that he lives with his dad okay so again this is 2000 the police rushed this case. Okay. And they believe, though, that they had enough evidence and they end up arresting Josh. But there was no direct physical evidence. Now, okay. the shack was wait, extremely wait, I contaminated. They found, I thought they found semen inside of her. Again, like it doesn't. It was not in her, but not on her. And again, I don't know if the technology was able to. But for whatever reason, and I feel like this is a good spot to talk about. And this was something that I read. um, It was just something talking about. uh, It's completely unrelated. um, People who work in. God damn it. Uh, Forensics. uh, No, 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 no. The people who take care of the parks. 
like what the park the, rangers yeah yeah it was just following park rangers in alaska so this is unrelated but there was a comment that someone made at one point about how there just aren't enough police per capita and mm-hmm. so what that means is a lot of hasty police work is done mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the shack was extremely contaminated with God knows what, if people were sleeping there when they were drunk, if people so, were hanging out there, mm-hmm. like, yeah, exactly. with God knows what. And for whatever reason, like, his DNA was not found on Della or in the shack. Hmm. Now, but they found and that, DNA like, in too, her. In her. And that was, like, a thing. And I don't know. I mean, here, let me Google it. Maybe the show didn't go... Maybe they didn't have his DNA on file. Well, they could have taken his DNA. Or is this a mm-hmm. case of shoddy police work? In which case we should call out shoddy police work. Yeah, even this just says, it says, the medical examiner found a pelvic hair as well as semen in Della's vagina. So I'm inclined to say that somebody was brushing this under the rug because, again, what we've been talking about, she was an indigenous woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if, like, the technology wasn't there, if it was shoddy police work. Like, all I know is that they did not have physical evidence, to, like, directly tying him. He, They just had word of mouth. Yeah. I'm it was all yeah just hearsay I'm Mm -hmm. skeptical that this wasn't exactly what we were talking about with she was an indigenous woman and it just wasn't as prioritized no I don't think so because like detective Sal Mm -hmm. he was very upset about this case like he was very angry about it and he worked very very hard on it I don't think that was the case in this one. I think it was literally the technology wasn't there or they did rush it too fast. Okay. I don't right. think I don't think it was like we're just going to like get somebody in jail to say that we well, saw this Well, and case. we I know it was very we know DNA has like long wait times these days. Yeah. I mean even back mm-hmm. then we know. Like and so yeah. maybe they rushed it. Maybe they were just trying to push it yeah. through. So, okay. So they're at the trial, and the defense argument is that Josh, who was 20 at the time, was trying to impress his friends and make people believe he was dangerous. All the witnesses also had some form of criminal background. And mm. the trial lasts two and a half months, and the jury finds Josh not guilty of first-degree murder or a rape, but was found guilty of tampering with evidence because he kept bringing people back to he kept bringing people back to the shed and like contaminating in it and touching it like and like having people touch like yeah so like he contaminated i don't understand he was part of it i don't understand well he was just bringing people they they at least got him for something i mean they got him for something i guess but he was sentenced for six and a half years and released in 2004 after serving only four years since and that is a very cliff note of Della Brown's case. Okay. And there's a lot more information to it, and there's a lot of fucked up shit in it. So if you're interested, feel free to Google. Um, okay, so we're going to jump back to Mindy's case now. Now, the detectives just found out that Joshua is living right next door to Mindy, right? So we're going to jump back. To 2007. Okay. And on August 9th, 2007, Bob, Mindy's ex, who worked in street maintenance, asked his coworkers and everyone to be on a lookout for Mindy's missing car. And her car actually finally gets found, and it's in a parking lot at the Anchorage airport. Now, there are security cameras in the parking lot, and the detectives were able to find the exact time that Mindy's car was driven into the parking lot and parked. Because of security footage? Mm-hmm. Okay. So one thing Alaska seems to have going for it is great security Plenty footage. of security footage, yes. <laughs> they seem to have that. A male that was similar uh, looking to the one on the ATM videos gets out of the car and kind of looks like he wipes down the car 
but there's really no way to ID him because it's too far away. And the cameras can't pick up any physical features. So the detectives are thinking like, holy shit, Mindy might be in the trunk of the car. And when they get, so they go down to the airport, they get to the car, they open the trunk, her suitcases are in there, no body. Okay. Okay. In the car, they, in the, in the car, they do find her purse, keys, and wallet, but no ATM card. Okay. So So we know. It's about, that, yeah. So it's about 10 days after Mindy goes missing, and now the FBI asks the APD if they are interested in using human-scent trailing dogs. And that is different than, like, the tracking dogs that we know that patrol officers usually have, like the drug trafficking and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. A human-scent trailing dog is essentially differing a single scent from all the other scents. Okay, got it. They are able to do that days, weeks, and months later. Damn. Mm-hmm. So, of course, APD's like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's use this shit. Yeah. And they start the dogs at the ATM, at the first ATM, and the dogs go straight to Mindy's house. Uh-huh. And then the dogs go around the house to the left of Mindy's to Joshua's side door. The party house. Then they go to the second ATM where the money was withdrawn. And the trail is about 4.5 miles. And it leads Damn. right back to... These dogs don't fucking play. Apparently fucking not. God damn. Go puppers. And guess where it leads to? His house? The shed. Joshua's, Joshua's side door. Ha, <laughs> Those dogs know. The dogs are like, yeah, we got you, bruh. And then they do the third trail from the airport. And guess where it goes to? His house. His side door. Yep. So at this point, two days later, they get, APD gets a search warrant for Joshua's house. And the house itself is messy. It's a party house. It's a bunch of guys. Like, you know, they have one door of soap. And like one towel. Grime in every corner. This house hasn't been cleaned since the day they moved in. Not not a lick. Yep. Mm-mm. It smells. I can smell it now. Yeah. Do you know what randomly my head, like, memory-wise, will just, like, randomly pop in is, like, the smell of, like, stale beer from, like, the frat yeah. parties? Yeah. And I'll just, like, come in, and I'm just yeah. like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly the odor you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that odor will like to the day I die. Well, it's like it's like stale beer, mildew, mm-hmm. musk, and just a hint of body odor with a little bit of marijuana sprinkled on top. And like there are many times that I, okay, we're not gonna get into that. Actually, never mind. Anyways, okay, <laughs> so no more. That's all we shall say. I did not do anything I was not legally allowed to do ever. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Perfect. I have neighbors that got married at like 19 mm-hmm. and then like had their first kid at like 21. And I was like, oh, shit, God. I was doing that. The shit I was doing at 19. So anyways, we're two days after. Back to Joshua. Okay. So two days after. Two days after what? The dogs? After the dogs. APD get a search warrant. The house itself is a fucking mess. But Joshua's room is very organized and very clean. And to the FBI, this shows he's a bit OCD. And FBI agent Godin mentions that to her, a lot of serial killers are so meticulous. Mm -hmm. And... Like, it makes sense that his room is so organized. Mm -hmm. And another thing that struck her and other detectives was that Mindy's bed was made. And not messy. had his bed, but she never made her bed. And she didn't make her bed before she went to work. 
They also found the jacket in the ATM video and an ATM receipt in the jacket. Ha! Dumb they, bitch. But guess who they can't find? Joshua. Joshua. So the APD had released Joshua's photo from the ATM and two of his ex-girlfriends actually called into the police. So like a little bit back, go back a few days. They release it asking for help. And one said that the night they were serving the search warrant, he had asked her to drive through the neighborhood and see what was going on. Before Mm. they would drive down the street, he would get out of the car and hide a handgun. (laughs) like what he's gonna take down all the cops there like come on i mean okay a handgun dude you're in alaska what what the fuck are you gonna do with the handgun yeah all right yeah with a bunch of cops like you're you're not death by cop death by Mm. isn't that a thing death by yeah suicide by suicide by cop suicide by cop suicide by cop um okay so he ends up leaving which well in her car and that's actually not uncommon, right? Like people who are typically, I would say that's not an uncommon trait of serial killers is that they do like to know what's going on and they do like to kind of mm-hmm. revel in that attention that they get from their killing their victims. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So that's what he's doing. He's going down. He's looking down. He's like, ha ha, like you can't find me. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm go driving literally right past you. Yeah. Past yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So he ends up leaving a backpack in her car, and inside they find a cell phone. And on the phone, they find a picture of a handgun being held in Joshua's room. Put a pin in that little nugget. Okay. And the old pin number that they originally found in Mindy's house was also in Josh's Joshua's phone. Oh. So, so the APD and FBI are doing everything they can to find Josh. They let the airport know, like, not to let him fly. There's billboards. Like, they're doing okay. everything. But it's fucking Alaska. There's a lot of places you can hide. A lot of fucking places, and yeah. A lot of places. But on September 2nd, Josh's ex-girlfriend calls the police to let them know that Josh had just shown up, shown up to her apartment <gasps> and asked, if he could come in. So she calls and she's actually ends up being on the phone with SWAT. And they're like, yeah, don't let him just in. Just let him in. Like, yeah, not just... a, no, don't. don't oh, they said in. not to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They're like, don't let him in. But okay. keep an eye on him and kind of like. And see what he's doing. Him through the door. Yeah. Yeah. Keep yeah. an eye on him. Yeah. And the Try SWAT Try to keep him around. Mm-hmm. The SWAT is, a re- is like essentially getting like, they're calling their team members, like, we got to go to this place. They're getting patrol cars set up. They're setting up the perimeter. And once they're, like, all good to go, the SWAT has the patrol calls, cars turn on their lights. Okay. And this is to hopefully get Josh to go to the ground, which is a term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Josh realizes, oh, shit. They caught me. I've been caught. And he actually, I've been caught. And he actually breaks into an apartment and takes hostages. Oh my God. Here we go. Yeah. So the negotiator calls the apartment and actually gets on the phone with Joshua and they start negotiations. And he ends up coming out without any incident. And our FBI agent, Pam, had mentioned that, like, to her, like, he's a coward. And he yeah. knew he couldn't get away with it. And he knew he wasn't going to come out alive if he did something. Yeah. Because, like, essentially yeah. SWAT was, like, they, they had the kill if you see him. Like, if he starts fucking up, like, just take him out. Like, we're what not What is that? Like, KOS? Kill on, shi- on site? I don't know, girl. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. That makes sense. <laughs> I think it's a thing. I don't know. But, okay. No. So. SOS. Shoot on site. Okay. I don't know. I don't either. So, We're not anyways, cops. he goes without incident, which is great. Awesome. They Much got him. Not they got him. Random people hurt. Mm-hmm. And so, Josh is brought to the FBI office, and the FBI let him know, okay, so they, the FBI is like, you're being charged with using someone's ATM card without the person's permission and bank fraud because remember they still don't have mindy's body valid okay 
And Josh asks the FBI agent if there are, like, are you assuming this? And they said, no, they spoke to Mindy. And <gasps> this is when he gives, like, Joshua gives the biggest smirk. And that smirk is, like, essentially is, like, if there was any doubt of him not committing this crime, it's out the phone. They know now. Like now he, they know. He he knows. Yeah. It wasn't He her. killed her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. Mm-hmm. Damn. So five weeks after Mindy goes missing, a worker, I would say, had found Mindy's body about 30 minutes from Anchorage. She had been shot in the back of the head in a kneeling position. The bullet and casing were found right next to Mindy's body, and the bullet matched the gun that was in Joshua's phone. After processing Mindy's car, swabs on the steering wheel, and gear shift, Joshua's DNA was identified. Thank God. Uh... So essentially what comes out of this is that Joshua had been watching Mindy and knew she lived alone. He broke into her uh, house. Jesus. She... He broke into her house, zip-tied her, and made her give him his PIN number, her PIN number. And then after he took the money, put her in the back of her car and drove her to Wasilla, walked her into the woods, made her kneel down, and shot her in the back of the head. He then went again to the ATM where he withdrew money. What a piece of shit. So... Josh de- Joshua decides to make a deal to avoid the death penalty and admits okay. to Mindy's murder as well as confessing to Della Brown's murder. That was part of his deal? He, well, he makes the deal. So he, okay, so he was basically like, I will tell you guys about another murder that I committed as long as you take the death penalty off the table. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Damn. So, and also because of that, he doesn't have to go to trial because he admits that he is mi- admitting to guilty okay okay um he was sentenced to life in prison and had no possibility of parole okay so this is like a little update little google search he would be imprisoned for the original sentence is that he would be imprisoned for at least 66 years by the state of alaska before being transferred to the federal bureau of prisons for the rest of his life that okay. was the original deal. Okay. Okay. So he is in Spring Creek, Spring Creek facility in Alaska, and he reaches out to the FBI about other homicides he had committed. Oh, Jesus Christ. In 2014, FBI agent uh, Godin sat down with Josh. He admitted to killing three different men in different situations, and they were all reactionary. So he can't control his temper. Is essentially what okay. they were saying. Okay. It is believed because you know I don't know hearsay, not enough evidence. They do have to be able to like prove mm-hmm. that people did it. It is believed that he killed 38-year-old John Michael Martin in 1994. And 30-year-old Henry, Jesus, these last names, on, on, Gorwask, O-N-G-T-O-W-A-S-R-U-K. Ontoasruk? 30-year-old Henry Ontoasruk, again, I apologize if that's not the correct pronunciation in we did our best y'all joshua also said that he killed a man the night he killed della wait but how old could he have been in the 90s i mean i'm looking at his pictures he doesn't look that old and this is from 2016 i mean he was like a child yeah but it seemed like a lot of it was like this is what it said on like uh if let me look it up he was That's 14. He was, that is says, coming directly he was, from FBI.gov. Yeah, so it's no. It's directly he, from the FBI. He says website. that it was when he was 14 years old, mm-hmm. he killed John Michael Martin, mm-hmm. who was 38. Listen, that 
do we think that this 38 year old was fucking with this kid? I, not that I'm that not justifies murder. That. Like, who gives a shit? But like, I'm not when going he was into 14 because they also said like he had a very rough home life. And yeah, we, yeah. From what I've also read on other things is that like it could have been a possibility that these men were drunk, and it was like an well, and that's situation. what it's saying. This is Anchorage Daily News that I'm looking at. So I have this is not a rep like I, I have no context as to what this source is. But they said that both of the men were mentally ill. Yeah. So like and the FBI also. They're not going to make a deal like that unless you can provide details. That is exactly. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. they had to have that information to be like, OK, like only to the know. killer would know this. Yeah. 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 No, I don't. So part of that, the reason why he said that was because he made that deal with the FBI is he wanted to get out of Spring Creek and be transferred to a federal prison, which he has been. And that is where Joshua Wade will spend the rest of his life. Hmm. I mean, may he rot. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. That is my case for the week. Damn. What a piece of shit. And you know what's annoying is that, like, he's kind of cute. Mm. And it's like, you could have gone so many. You and I have very different taste in men. Yeah, we we were discussing this. It's like, you could have gone so many ways. Like, why was this the way that you went? Well, again, I didn't find a lot on his early childhood. So he must I'm have been fucked up. A, I'm assuming there was a lot of abuse. And don't abuse your fucking children. You don't have to have yeah. kids if you don't want to. If you don't Just want saying. to, you don't have to have them. And if you have them, love them. It's yeah. that simple. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah. So what's your weekly win? Oh, Jesus Christ. I got to be ready with a weekly win after that. I'm still like processing this crime. Jesus Christ. I mean, what's crazy to me is like that was like her neighbor. And she mm-hmm. saw, she probably saw him on the reg. Like I think about my neighbors, your neighbors, like you see them on the reg. Mm-hmm. And one I night he just decided group. to kill her. I go walking with my neighbors all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. May he rot. That's all I can say. All right. All right. Weekly win. Um... For this week, <gasps> I know my weekly win is. What's your weekly win? So for this week, so I've been battling these ground hornets that I have in my front yard. Um, okay, good to know for next time I'm there. Would have liked to they know like, that before. Well, they don't like chase you down, but like they, if you mow the lawn, they chase you down. I've been stung several times by them. And I've been trying to keep them around because I'm like, pollinators, they're important. But finally, I was like, fuck this shit. So I got some poison. Fucked those motherfuckers up. They're gone. Okay. Oh, there, there you go. To each its own on a weekly win. Okay. Listen, I'm real proud of myself because I was really scared they were going to come and get me when I was like spraying in the foam. Oh, girl. And then I've I had to like get a hornet and wasp nest. Like, spray. Yeah. The husband's gone. And I have to do it. And I spray and drop the can. Like, I, I book it. You run. I know. You flee. I had to wait till it's late. They said, you got to wait till it's late and they're asleep. So I had to go out at, like, 9 p.m. And then, like, fill up the hole. Let the hole do its job. And then, or let the poison do its job. And then the next night, I had to go out and fill in the hole. And I could see today that there were a few little scragglers, like, coming to be like, where's our nest? And I'm like, it's dead, bitch. I fucking killed them all. Now get the fuck off my lawn. Go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. Because I got to mow. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, I'm just a single lady doing my best to not look like a hooligan. Like, I got to mow. And I cannot get stung. So get the fuck out of here. Oh I was real That's proud of myself. Crazy. It was a whole. It was a whole situation. I wouldn't have done it. I would have paid somebody. I would have paid somebody. It was a whole situation, but we got it done. So I'm really proud of that. Go but ahead. also, I have three kittens with open eyes, and that's kind of exciting. So I'll take them all as my weekly win. There you go. Perfect. What you got? What's your weekly win? Um, I got to see a really uh, uh, 
Jesus. I got to see an old friend from Hawaii that <gasps> Did uh, you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sh- her and her Was it Lacey? In California. No, Michelle. Aww. Um, they're stationed in California right now, so but she has family in uh the Camp Lejeune area. So, yeah. I got to see her. We got to hang out. It was so good. That's a good win. I was like, <laughs> I miss you. But that's a good yeah, win. That's my weekly win. I love it. Yeah. All right. All right well, y'all. because again, I forgot to do it at the beginning of the episode. I'm going to do it at the end of the episode. If you guys like what we're doing, give us a like, a follow, a subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at a thousand true crimes pod. You can also find us on Facebook at a thousand true crimes podcast discussion group. We got lots of things going on in those groups. If you want to meet my mom, she's super active in there. Um, and one last thank you to everyone who participated in our merch giveaway. You guys rock Mm -hmm. and you are literally what gives us the energy to keep doing this. Yeah. I love it. All right, you guys. Well, stay alive. Lock your doors. Get a dog. And keep on trucking. May they rot. May this motherfucker rot. Yeah. All right, y'all. Bye. Bye.